All right, we are now live. Well, not live, but recording. Welcome back to the Vet SOS Podcast, brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. I hope you all are ready. We got a great guest with us today, Reggie Gooden from Still Serving Veterans. He's going to be dropping some serious knowledge bombs on us. It's going to be a great episode. Something you might notice if you're tuning in uh, as a loyal viewer, there's somebody else sitting here beside me. You got Mr. Eric Brew, our new co-host for the Vet SOS show, uh, here helping us out, getting ready to go. Eric, how are you doing today? Brother, if I was any better, I'd be twins, man. I am excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to Reggie. I cannot wait to get this show popping, man. Outstanding, outstanding. Love the energy. All right, so let's get right into it. Reggie is a retired command sergeant major with over 30 years of service in the Army. During his time in the service, Reggie and his wife started a bookstore. In 2022, they both decided to pursue their passions. Reggie's passion is to help veterans with their transition and to navigate the seas of that, which led him to Still Serving Veterans. Reggie now serves as a regional director for Still Serving Veterans. Reggie, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Glad Glad to talk about veterans. Absolutely. No better topic. No better topic in my book. So we, we, we just heard a little bit about your story, a storied career, obviously, thirty over 30 years, retired command sergeant major. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you, sir. So through that process and that transition, what made you decide to get into the transition space ultimately? Well, I mean, basically, I served 30 years and 29 days to be exact. So, but who's counting? Who's counting? Uh, but, but no, I mean, it's basically what I saw. I transitioned out of Fort Bliss, Texas, and we had an awesome uh, transition assistance program out there. And fortunately, I was able to be the star majors course. So I was able to kind of route my way to transition, at least talking to other sergeants majors that had transitioned. Uh, but what I found was when I went back to Fort Bragg, where I had a home there, uh, speaking with my colleagues there, they didn't get the same experience. And so, you know, it was very bad or very sad to see them behind the power curve, so to speak, uh, because I had already been out at least a month or two, you know, had my VA rating, had my retirement pay set, you know, no issues. But they were still in the process of transitioning, even though they were outside of the military. And so that was very bad. So that showed me that there wasn't a consistency in the transition assistance program across the board with all military members. And so you saw a lot of veterans and they were basically drowning, you know, and, you know, that kind of hurt me uh, because all I could do was want to give back to them and give them the same services that I received. And so at that moment, you know, I just took upon myself. I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, I'm enjoying retirement. I'm enjoying the lakes. I'm enjoying fishing. I said, but, you know, if it was anything that would bring me out of retirement, it would be to assist my brothers and sisters uh, and veterans. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, my wife found the dream home here in Georgia. We're both from Georgia. Uh, so as soon as I got here, I got on LinkedIn and I'm networking, networking, networking. And I was blessed to find this organization. And so, you know, it, it's a true blessing. And I, it, it's kind of funny. Eric knows where we are because he, he's worked here. Uh, so the address here, one of the addresses is 1208 Broad Street, Phoenix City. So my birthday is December 8th. And so 
that to me spoke to me and said I was in the right place at the right time. Follow the signs. Follow the signs. It points right to it. Absolutely. It. That that is that is the way to do it. Okay. That's it. That that's a fantastic story and how you got into it. That's just amazing. Um, so as you go through this and you decide you want to start helping veterans and, and you know you're following the signs as, as we just pointed out, you know, aside from serving for 30 plus years, where did that passion did was it just from being a soldier or was there something more a need to give back? You know, was there something else pulling you towards it, or is it really just you know the fact that you've been an NCO and, and you help soldiers for years? Well, I mean, I, I look at it like this. Uh once you become a leader. Um, you know, we always use the cliche servant leader, servant leader. Um, you know, you have to take a deep dive in yourself and figure out, okay, are you going to spend your life just kind of going to and fro seeking your own aspirations? Or are you going to assist others and bring others up in the fold? So I see it as a ministry for me personally. And, you know, it's just my ability or just being able to be strategically placed by God to be in the right place at the right time. And so it doesn't matter. You know, if it's here or is it outside these walls, if, if it's in my local community, I just feel the need to help people because we believe in iron sharpening iron. And so we should be able to help one another in whatever we're doing if we can. And if we can't help them, we should be able to send them to some place or someone that can help them in what they're trying to do. I, I got to drop the bomb on that one. Yeah. I, I got to drop the bomb. You, you, serving... Being a servant leader, you know, taking care of soldiers, three senior non-commissioned officers all sitting here. We, we have all been there. We all believe in it. And, right. and that's that's how you do it and how you do it right. Eric, I'll turn it over to you. What you got? So, I mean, I know the answer to this, Red. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to let you take the helm. Okay, buddy. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I want our listeners to know. I want everyone to hear. Tell us about Still Serving Veterans. Who is Still Serving Veterans? What is it about you? What is it about your mission? Tell us about that organization. Well, the first thing, you know, this is going to be, this is going to sound funny. So I go out and, you know, as I go out on the regional director trail, you know, everybody, it's a cost to everything in the world. You know, people think it's a cost to everything. So the first thing I lead in with about still serving veterans, same thing I do when I go out and beat the streets is everything is free. <laughs> okay. It's a free resource. So it's a tool in their toolbox. And so what yeah. we are, we're, we're a 17 year nonprofit. Okay. And we're here to help veterans and their families assist assisted with gaining meaningful employment anywhere in the nation, okay? And so we have access to all of our VA benefit resources. We have access to local resources. We have access to resources all over the place in the form of employers. So we're here to partner them with our veterans and help them to find meaningful lives and things that they want to do, things they would love to do rather than things they have to do. And so we're we're here to assist them with that. And so our biggest grantor is the Call of Duty game. And a lot of people think I'm lying or, you know, they, they just think it's funny. I said, no, we're a Call of Duty endowment recipient. And so they pay everything. And so we're able to just go out freely uh, and do what we're called to do, which is to help veterans and their families. Man, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And Eric probably knew that. I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know Call of Duty was the – was the the beneficiary there um that, that right. is, or i mean we have we have a lot of other grantors but they're our main endowment grantor yes man outstanding all right so tell us a little bit about the services you know what are the things that 
uh, still serving veterans is doing for our community. Okay. So, I mean, we have a whole host of the suite of things that we do, uh, particularly here in Phoenix City, as well as our headquarters office in Huntsville. Uh, we have veteran career transition services. Uh, we have VA benefit assistance. We have a veteran resource connection where we can help veterans that are in an immediate need, uh, sort of like utilities, you know, homeless situations. They have, they're having bills. Uh, they, they don't have a way to work. And so we're here to provide them a quick resource connection, not only within our business, but as well as outside. So we have a dedicated person that's there for them for that immediate help. Because you have to recognize or we recognize that, you know, yeah, we can say, okay, we'll get you employment, but we can't get you employment if your mind is not in the right state uh, for that time. So we have to assist them with other things first to get them prepared to go into uh, being employed somewhere. So we have a whole host of things that we do and that we're able to assist them with. And so, again, our biggest thing is that we connect with as many resources as possible as, as a conduit for them uh, because they don't know what they don't know. And so we're just here to always just provide them guidance and direction and just hear their story and just to see where they are. Oh, I love that. And you know you hit you hit the nail on the head there, Reggie. I think I think that's the thing. Transitions a whole lot of you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So you you mentioned yeah. transition services. Tell us about the different transition services that that Still Serving Veterans offers. Okay. And so the biggest thing is as far as transition services. So me myself, uh, we also have a memorandum of understanding with Fort Benning Tap. Okay. So one of the things that I do is I go out twice a month uh, to teach advanced resumes and to also teach interview techniques. Uh, in addition to that, every Wednesday on Fort Benning, they also have a connections event where they're allowed, they allow employers to come on Fort Benning and to actually talk to those that are in transition. Now, within our house here in Phoenix City, as well as in Huntsville, they get a dedicated counselor. That is their counselor. Their counselor will walk them through the process of navigating the wilderness of transition. And they do that with an initial appointment. They do that to discuss, okay, what are your skill set? Okay. And then they go into formulating a plan forward to address whatever they want to do, whatever their passion is, which is hard for a lot of veterans to figure out because they've been in the military so long and they've been told to do this. Just this is your job. This is it. And so let's take an infantry guy. So an infantry person. They think they're only there to do infantry things. And so I have to open up their aperture, aperture and say, look, you're a personnel manager. You're an operations manager. You're a quality assurance person. You're a risk assessment guy. And all these, you, you work into accountability. So these are the type of things that we have to sit down with them first before we talk about a resume. So you have a lot of them say, I heard you're going to give me a resume. We are, but it's a process. And so when we do that, we're not setting them up, setting them up for success. So statistically, we found that 46% of veterans leave their first job within the first year. And that's because they have not found that passion or that love that they want to work in. Now, we understand that there are certain things or certain you know, issues going on in life, like quality of life issues, where they may need to work immediately. We understand that. But the ultimate goal is for them to find, not to find a job, but find the job for them. And so within our host of things that we do, 
We also sit down and we have counseling sessions. We have coaching sessions. We have those type things just to kind of get them steer in the right direction. Uh, so they'll be happy. And so we found lately, since I've been on board, you know, not because of me, but just where we're going, is that service members are finding quality jobs. I'm talking quality jobs with FEMA, quality jobs with the FBI, quality jobs with the State Department, those type things, rather than these jobs like at nothing wrong with McDonald's, but McDonald's or Burger King or anything like that. Yeah, that, that, that's that's huge. So the, the quality piece and then the, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there with sometimes you just have to work. It may not be the passion right off the bat, you know, in, in like in my own personal example, not that I love the job I have, but um, I know that we're moving. I need to have an income stream to buy a house, you know, so, you know, I had to find something I enjoyed and I wanted to do so that I could buy, buy my retirement home and what have you. And I mean, I love what I do and hopefully it continues to be um, part of my passion. I continue to do it, you know, cause you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be a statistic. Let's put it that way. Um, but you know, you, you have to follow the passion. I think that's a, a great point. You mentioned something a little earlier about, I don't, I don't remember how you worded it. It wasn't uh, attitudes, probably the wrong, wrong um, word, but you know, how many times do you have to deal with somebody who comes in with that mindset, you know, that, either you're going to do everything for me or I don't really need your assistance because I know everything. How often do you have to deal with that? A lot. And I'm sure Eric can speak to that because he remembers. Um, well, the issue is you have to, you have to change the story. You have to change the pitch. And so, you know, a lot of times, particularly from the transition assistance program, they say, Hey, you need a resume, go see steel serving veterans, you know, and, it's all about how we, we don't tell them, no, we're not just going to give you an immediate uh, resume. We just have to tell them, look, we have to go through a few things first uh, to make sure you understand the process and what are you trying to get into. Um, but, yes, I mean, we deal with a lot with that as far as people call and said, hey, I want a resume. Uh, but to be honest with you, within my last nine months, I've had one person that totally turned down our services because we didn't give them a resume immediately one person and you know and i was kind of disappointed because it was a senior nco um and you know he was disappointed with that and i was like that's fine you know i understand you know you have other things that you're trying to do i said but this is our process and we're only preparing you to be better uh in this in this civilian sector and so a lot of times they don't realize that you have to peel back the onion and figure out okay what are my skill sets what are the things that I'm passionate about what are the things that I could give value to an organization with and not just a one dimensional aspect of the person. And so a lot of people are expecting a lot out of veterans when they come out of the military. Uh, and that's why they are a hot commodity today uh, because of all the unique skill sets that we have adaptability, flexibility, punctuality, leadership, management. You know, we have all these things. But we just have to be able to package them in a nice packet for them to be presented to the employer in a good way. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, just to follow up on that, how is there a bigger portion that's senior leaders versus, you know, juniors coming out of the service? Do you, where do you find the, the biggest I, I keep using the word attitude, but, um, you know, where do you where do you find the biggest uh, population of people who you have to? retell the story or, or refocus the story on? 
I would say more mid-career, um, maybe from the E6, E7 level, um, because a, a, a junior soldier or junior service member, they don't, um, they just don't know what they don't know. So they're just looking for direction. So they're more open. You know, they're like, okay. But when you have a mid-career um, E7, uh, maybe E8, E6, E78, um, not particularly officers. Officers are pretty much open. Um, they just want guidance. And a lot of times they come already packaged. It's just that we have to hone that package. Like they have their resumes together. They have all these things. And we just have to go in there more and do more of a targeting session with them. But the mid-careers, um, they just think they know <laughs> everything, <laughs> pretty much. And you know, they they feel like okay, if I was if I was a human resources person in the in the military, then I'm a human resources person on the outside. No, you're not, because you're not SHRM. You don't have a certification. You're not a project manager because you don't have a certification. And so it's you know, just getting them over that hump of saying, of thinking that they've done so much in the military that auto, they think they automatically qualify for a lot of things in the civilian sector. And that's not the case. And so I like to use, when I give my classes, I like to use a uh, an analogy of merging onto a busy four-lane highway, expressway. So the civilian sector is already on the highway. They're running 100 miles an hour. Okay, military service members are merging into that. When you're merging, you have to get up to speed in order to be competitive on the highway, right? But if you're merging slowly, you're not getting any certifications, you're not preparing yourself as you get onto the highway, then you're going to get run over. And so that's what I have to get them to think about. Look, you're merging. You're driving really slow. You're driving like 25 miles an hour with that mindset. So we need to get you up to speed so at least you're able to drive alongside your civilian uh, counterpart. You, you know what's coming. Oh, yeah. I, that, I, that, I had my finger on the trigger, too. I mean, that, well, that is an awesome analogy. Now, the question is, is and it you can the see it, they're lagging. Yeah, they're just like, I don't want to do it. You know, I want to get out, but I don't want to prepare myself to merge into this already functioning, already going highway. And it's, you're going to miss it. You're going to get run over. You're going to get pushed in the ditch, all that stuff. So, so I got to take that a step further then, Reggie. I got to ask you a question. How many times do you see veterans, transitioning service members, who are going too fast to merge? I see a lot of those as well. You know, they need to control their speed. You know, they're, they're all over the place. And I'm like, you need to control yourself because that, that, that is true. They're, they're overly, you know, uh, overspeed, excessive speeding, <laughs> trying to get there. And, we just, and that's the part of the services that I like, that we're able to just kind of sit them down and just talk to them and just say, okay, let's think about what we're doing versus, okay, yeah, I'll give you a resume. There you go. You know, and it, it's just the wrong answer now. You know, it may have been good time before, but now we just have to really take honest ownership of these veterans and just sit them down and just like you say, control them and say, look, we need to figure out what speed are you traveling right now? And we need to figure out what speed is, is what what are they doing? Maybe you're, maybe you're trying to merge onto a three-lane highway versus a five-lane highway. I don't know. But we have to understand where you want to go and how to get there. 
I love it. So you've yeah. talked about helping transition service members, and I love that. You've talked about Huntsville and Fort Benning. Uh, can service can transitioning service members, veterans, you help them everywhere? Are you local? Everywhere. And so that's the biggest thing, too, is we, you know, moving forward with still serving veterans, we have to be able to tell a story of it doesn't matter if we're in Huntsville, Phoenix City. That's just by virtue of whether nonprofit is, you know, set up. So we're able to help veterans all over the place. Just yesterday, just yesterday, I, a, a young lady that I was assisting, she's in Mississippi, and she got hired yesterday with the police department out there in Mississippi. So we're also helping. Uh, I have another gentleman. He's in Illinois. Uh, we've talked to uh, veterans that are in Afghanistan. You know, if they're able just to contact us and we're able to contact them, then we help. So it doesn't matter, you know, even though I'm the regional director, we're spread out all over, the, all over the nation, all over the world. So it just depends. If the veteran's able to contact us and us contact them, then we can help them. We don't turn it. any veterans away. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's and awesome. again, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> Free ninety nine, man. That's my favorite. Free. Yeah, we need a we need an icon for that one too. Drop that in there. Free ninety nine. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I love the fact that you even mentioned you know someone overseas. You know that that's fantastic that we can reach out and support people regardless of where they're at in the world, and, and that's so important. And I've seen you know some of the other networking type uh, organizations are trying to do overseas ones now too to to help them get into the whole transition piece, which is really great to see. Um, so with still serving veterans, you guys are continuing to help people through the transition, get ready to, to, to merge on to, in, into the civilian uh, highway, if you will. Um, is there something that becomes a bigger roadblock than others that, that you're seeing? I know you've talked about, you know, recalibrating the, 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 the mentality a little bit and things like that, or, you know, changing the story and the focus, but are there other things right. that you see pop up that you have to address or, or help them work through? Um, there is, uh, because one of the biggest things, like I alluded to earlier was just them not taking an honest assessment of who they are and what skills they have. So that kind of works to the negative as well, because um, sometimes they do, not understand that they don't have the things that they're quali to qualify them for particular jobs. You know, I tell a lot of people, all money is not good money. So a lot of times, you know, instead of when they're looking at the job description, they look at the dollar sign, right? They look at the dollar sign. And so I'm like, uh, yeah, the dollar is very good money, but are you qualified for that position? And so a good way of doing that is if you have a job description and they say, hey, um, we want you to do all these lists of things. So I like to tell them to turn those lists of things into questions and say, look, have I participated in client meetings or have I uh, managed a certain number of people? Just don't look at them and say, hey, I can do that. I can do that. The question is, have you done that, though? And so... A lot of that. times we, a lot of times we get, you know, misconstrued. Yeah, it sounds good. It's a nice, uh, sexy, if I can say that sexy job description and all of this. And, you know, it looks good, but if you don't qualify for it, don't, don't try to, you're wasting your time. And so that's the honest part of looking at veterans sometimes because they are tasting money. And I'll use me as, a, as an example. Like I said, Sergeant Major, 
Command Sergeant Major, 30 years. Okay, so I'm working with a whole lot of other sergeants major, retired sergeants major as well. So we get out and we say, or we're getting out and we're saying, hey, I'm a sergeant major. I should be able to work at this level. I'm a CEO or COO or whatever. But you still, no matter how many years you spend in the military, have to take an honest assessment of your skill set. Okay, and if you don't have them, then you need to work on getting them. And so another thing as well is when you you need to look at your VA disability rating. Sometimes you may not need to work as hard as you think you need to work because your VA disability rating will add to your income. So again, these are things that you have to understand. For me, is that you have options. You don't have to take the first thing that's out there. Just take your time, survey the scene, figure out, okay, what do you need to maintain your quality of life or the quality of life that you want? And those are the biggest roadblocks is just to get them to see. Another thing is that that I'm fighting outside of the veterans is although we are a hot commodity, there still are a lot of employers that think the word veteran comes with a negative connotation. Oh. It does. Uh, because they figure out, okay, they're veteran. Uh, do we give them this opportunity? Yeah, we're, we will get considered. But do we honestly get considered? Because a lot of people are afraid of veterans, to be honest with you, uh, because they know we've been deployed. They know we could possibly have PTSD. Uh, so it's just a lot. Of, I'm very honest with the people that I speak with to make them understand. Some people are not veteran friendly. Okay. They, they say they are, but they're not. And so that's my part of going out to the legislative dinners and the, and the tag meetings and speaking to local employers to make them understand or to make them to see the value that veterans could bring to their organization. So it's kind of like a two-sided thing with that. So those are, to me, those are the biggest roadblocks that I've seen, you know, in this line of work. Yeah, that's a great point. That last one. And it always, it angers me every time the news focuses on that. When there's an incident, the first thing they're trying to figure out is whether the person was a veteran or not. Yeah, And it could be a valid tie, but it's not always the, the case. And uh, so I, I can definitely understand where that fear comes from. And I, and I think there's a there's a distinct difference too, Reggie. And I think this is what you're kind of getting at is that there's a big difference between a veteran friendly organization and a veteran ready organization. That's good. Right? I like it. There's a big yep. difference between those two terms. Does the does the organization have a veteran uh, uh, ERG? Do we have an onboarding process? Right. Those are the things right. we're really looking for. Right. Right. And and if I may, it's another uh, so. Another thing we need to be aware of and that I'm seeing is there is an untapped veteran population out there. And those are the veterans that are here on college campuses. Yeah, They kind of get lost in the sauce, so to speak. Uh, they come out of the military, they go to school, and they're just at school. And some of these, like Eric said, some of these schools are not veteran ready uh, because they don't know what to do with veterans. And so they don't realize that although they're, they're not the normal student. Right. And so... Uh, I've been heavily engaged with Auburn University as well as uh, Trent Home State. Uh, we're trying to tap where well, we are tapped into Columbus, but we're doing a little work in the Columbus State. But still, these are untapped veterans that we need to focus on them as well because they need services too. They need to be prepared, you know, either while they're in school or getting ready to get out of school to go into the employment space. And so I think they get kind of get they've get, gotten lost. You know, because we just forget about them because they're not on the battlefield, so 
so to speak, of veterans of that need immediate need. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we had a guest on who talked about that. She focuses on that area and how every school is different. And I was blessed. I did online through Penn State and Oklahoma, and both of them had great veteran programs, you know, so I, I, I can't complain about how they do it, but there's definitely some schools that aren't up to par. Um, so we're coming down to the end, Reggie. Uh, fantastic stuff coming out of Still Serving Veterans. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, and, and like the Hair Club for Men, I'm not just doing an interview. I'm also a client. I, I have used the services. My experience with Still Serving Veterans was fantastic. Uh, and, and like you said, it was a process. You know, I didn't just say, hey, make my resume. You know, we, we talked, we went back and forth, we worked through a process and, and it helped me go through the whole thing. So I applaud you and your organization for the great things you're doing. Um, but as we get ready to close, uh, what would you like to leave our audience with? What, what, what is the, the biggest point you'd like to leave them with? The biggest point I would like to leave them with, whether they get help from still serving veterans or get help from any other veteran service organization, get help. Do not try to navigate the transition wilderness alone. Uh, ensure that you have to make sure make sure that you get yourself ready and i mean mentally emotionally physically ready for this space uh and so again just get help uh there are a lot of organizations out here and you know not all of them are cut out the same but we are still here to assist veterans and get them prepared for their future career goals Yep. Boom. I got to drop it on that. Great advice. Get the help you need. Eric, you got any closing comments? No, man. I listen. I'm a, I'm a big fan of social veterans. Obviously that was my first, that was my first uh, organization outside the military. Um, so I'm a big fan. Um, but I love what you guys are doing, Reggie. I appreciate what you guys are doing. I love having allies in this space. Um, so man, thanks a lot. I, I want to ask one last question though, uh, before we get out of here, Reggie, if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you, man? Well, you can actually go to ssv.org. You know, we have a whole list of our team members on there as well. Uh, my personal email is rgooden, G-O-O-D-E-N, at ssv.org. Or you can give me a call at 334-384-9111. Reggie's dropping all the info. <laughs> and then I'm also on LinkedIn, Reginald right. Gooden. And we yes, got your LinkedIn and the website scrolling across the bottom for our, our uh, audience. So you can definitely reach out to him. You need to follow Reggie. Great things going on here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Vet SOS podcast. And remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline. All right. So I'm going to end the recording, uh, Reggie. But if you could, if you could stay in the room here for a few minutes. Um, okay. We're 